2: covered by the Saints for a touchdown. He your inside pass to everything Saints football. Jimmy Graham brings it down and that is a touchdown New Orleans. We'll take you to places most fans never go. To practice to the sideline to the locker room, following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints' season. That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill. Teasum TD. Welcome to Inside Black and Gold. And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas. Now here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. <laughs> oh, baby! Inside Black and Gold, a three and two edition. After the Saints get a thirty-four to nothing victory in new england jeff you are back from the northeast uh quite a way the black and gold an impressive win against a pretty lackluster squad to be to be nice to even say that
3: yeah that was brutal for patriots fans i feel bad for them even though i don't absolutely at all, right it's <laughs> the most spoiled fan base in the nfl for good reason but man that's like we can we can talk about the Saints put a <laughs> put a bad showing on in week four and the fans deserve better. They didn't lose like that. Yeah, at least that. They if that was anyone other than Bill Belichick, if the head coach was literally anyone other than arguably the best head coach of all time, uh, I mean you, he he might get fired mid Like I, I, he might still answer questions about his job, but like. If that was Dennis Allen, if they, if the if the Saints went out and lost back-to-back games by a combined score of what was it 72 to 3, would Dennis Allen have a job? Would half the NFL coaching ranks have a job? No. Maybe Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin might be the only head coach that could survive yeah. it. But man, that was brutal and Sean Payton's you know, trying to test it right now, I guess. <laughs> First year head coaches get a pass typically, because yeah. uh, you know you're still installing, you're you're kind of getting your players in. But yeah, that was that was tough too, losing on at home to the Zach Wilson Jets, not a great thing. Did you see the clip of uh, Robert Sala saying "Stay
2: humble"? Yeah. yeah. Although <laughs> I thought they skills. said it was interpreted now as he said "Stay healthy." Sure, he did. Yeah, I, I have yeah. I have to see the actual clip, but uh, yeah, I thought someone just said that on Good Morning Football about. Uh, it was actually get healthy, so, but I'm not positive. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to believe.
3: Stay humble. Uh, anyway, stay held, it, right, it's because right. that's the whole Nathaniel Hackett thing, whatever. But no, so it just we're gonna get into this is kind of our this is our post game edition because uh, you know the funny thing about traveling to Foxborough, and I don't know if anyone you know a lot of people know this, you don't stay in Massachusetts even when you go place the Patriots, you fly into Providence, Rhode Island. So it's like a 35 minute drive to the game, which means the travel back from the game to the airport is pretty long. You know, it's like a 35 minute bus ride. And then you get on the plane for one of the longer flights you'll take, you know, other unless you're going to the West coast or it's like a three hour flight back. And so, you know, that's a for, for a noon game. That's a pretty hefty, you know, yeah. travel uh, to not be going, you know, to Seattle, right? Like that's probably the only more difficult road trip in terms of time in the air. But, um, so we got back pretty late. wasn't able to do anything last night. So this is our post game edition. This first segment, I want to talk pretty exclusively about the offense and what we saw. You know, some takeaways. You know, we'll have some news at the top, but otherwise, just kind of get into the, what we heard from Alvin Kamara. You know, some other players on the offense. You know, was clearly, you know, and and players have said this. It, it was a relief. You know, like they they know, like they can project confidence all they want. This team was aware. That they needed to put on a much better showing offensively than they have over the first month of the season, and so just you know, just a feeling like you're going in the right direction is 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 a very positive thing for this team, even if the Patriots are just a joke right now. Second segment, we're going to get into the stock up players. I have a bunch of them, obviously, because this was a game where pretty much everything went right, and then the final segment. Now there was some stuff that went wrong. There's a lot of penalties, and and Alvin Kamara has a list, so we'll go through that and kind of talk about you know what the Saints still do need to improve going forward but you know first things first pete i'm sorry pete <laughs> not pete pete's <laughs> the one who's gonna get some nice questions this week and uh, won't have to say that's on me steve what was kind of your takeaways from the game what because it you know i i obviously you know it's funny because you when you're on the sideline and you know this when you're on the sideline versus watching it on tv you get a very different view of everything that happened in the game uh so what, what were kind of your takeaways from that
2: it was just a, a total domination from this team I um You know, you hear that complete game, offense, defense, special teams. I feel like we really legit saw that in this matchup. Starting just, I'll go with special teams. Punter, Luke Headley, you know, he's taken a lot of flack, too. Had a pretty decent day, I thought. You also look at field goal percentage-wise. Obviously, you got Groupie adding to his season total and making two 50-plus yarders outside. I thought that was pretty clutch of him, so bravo there. Uh, defensively. What can you say? Uh, obviously a shutout. I don't care how struggling. Yeah. The offense is for the Patriots still an NFL squad. I'm looking at and their
3: defense it, it is, is solid. Like the offense right. was a joke, but their defense is solid. So like, you know, even without Matt Judon and Christian Gonzalez, like that's, that's not for nothing that they were able to put up those points. Yeah.
2: And the fact too, the saints shot themselves a lot in the foot with penalties this game. That's the one, the biggest negative obviously is the amount of penalties and they still, the, the Patriots couldn't even capitalize off of that. That's how awful and inept that offense just is. You you said it perfectly at the top about Bill Belichick. I don't know if he would last today, even if his name wasn't Bill Belichick. It, it was that awful. It looked like the quarterback completely tuned out. It even looked like the head coach in the third quarter didn't even give a rat's ass.
3: Yeah, well, so the funny thing is you bring up the specialists. I think the Saints, there was four rookie specialists in that game. The Saints, too, (laughs) had really good days, right? Groupie made it from 52 and 54. But we'll get (laughs) into that. You know, one of the positive things that came out of this game, there were really no major injuries to speak of in terms of, you know, no one left the game and didn't come back that were like, man, how are they going to be this week? There were two injuries to monitor. Special teams ace JT Gray went out with a hamstring injury in the second half. He went back to the locker room, didn't come back. So that's going to be one. Uh, And then Adam Prentice, the fullback, went out with a knee issue, didn't come back. Apparently, Nephi Sewell is the backup fullback. That's something that I that I learned uh, on Sunday because he was in there for the victory formation plays, um, which is kind of interesting. I wonder I wonder if they've rep that or if he just was like, I'll do it. <laughs> so he got some snaps on offense, which is kind of funny. And then the other one that is worth monitoring happened pregame, did not actually factor into the game in a tangible way. I would argue that it probably did when you kind of look at it and see some of these close plays that didn't pan out was Chris Olave was dealing with a toe injury. We saw him warming up in the pregame. He said it was something that started developing on Friday and he got treatment Sunday morning, said it was fine to play with. Dennis Allen said that he didn't have any setbacks during the game. It didn't really affect anything, but you saw Chris have some opportunities to make big plays and like just wasn't able to get there. And like it, it did, I do wonder if there was some limitations based on that. Like there was one play late in the first half where he was barreling toward the sideline and he wasn't able to get both feet inbounds. It was a great catch. And I know because he almost killed me as he did it. Did you see that on the broadcast? Did you notice that? That I
2: almost died on the sideline? No, I did not. I'll have to definitely go back and check. I got it I I know those close calls happen for sure. Oh, this one was good. I got it here for you.
3: So this is that play. That's me. That's me <laughs> giving right. the old, uh, giving the old matador there. Yes. Just look. And you know, it's funny because this angle, it does not look nearly as close as it was. But like in real time, right? Like, so I'm standing there, and Chris is coming full speed. And you know, it's like it's like kind of like if a, if you're if a tree is falling and you're trying to get out of the way, you can't run backwards. Right. Right? Because it's still going to land on you. You have to go either left or right. And so (laughs) I was just kind of there. It was like a deer in the headlights because I didn't want to commit too early just in case, like, he planted and went the other direction. And then I get just right in the way. So I kind of had to wait until, like, he got off the field. And I was like, whoop. And, like, if you're like, how close was it? Well, he was close enough to me that his hand actually caught the my headphones connected to the mic pack, which I've had all sorts of problems with, with right. my mic pack getting caught on stuff. And he actually like whipped the mic pack off of me. Like the, the headphones came out and like the mic pack landed on the ground. Like that's how close it was because <laughs> he was going fast. It wasn't like, you know, casually like rolling to the sideline. Like he was full speed. This is actually slowed down anyway. So, but yeah, that was a play that I think if he's not dealing with that toe injury, maybe he's able to be a little bit more precise Either way, you know, I I think that's going to be something to watch because we've seen toe injuries linger. You know, you can play through something and still not have it be right. And hopefully that's not something that gets worse as he's playing through it so that he has the missed time. But that's one that like I would expect to see him on the injury report this week. Um, And that's just going to be something you have to
2: keep an eye on. Well, thankfully, you're not taking him down because then the team's going to look at you. Oh, he's got a toe. And thanks to Jeff, a back issue now, too. No, trust me. If he ran into me,
3: I would be the one. I mean, at that speed, full pads, he and he had his helmet down. Like he would have like barreled into my chest. Like I would, I would have probably been uh, leaving on a stretcher. Uh, anyway, I don't know what but. it is with
2: those away stadiums, kicking nets, and now Chris Olave. <laughs> yeah, seriously.
3: But it was no. It's funny because like you, you kind of see the play, and it's you don't know where it's going to end. But it was like he had a homing beacon. It was like directly. Right, right. And I was the only person standing there. Like I was actually kind of by myself. <laughs> anyway, there, that's, there, that's kind of funny.
2: And a lot of people will say too, oh, you just go, you know, get out the way one way or the other. You do almost freeze in the moment because you are thinking which ways he could, could he dart this way? Should I do that? <laughs> and then almost then it's like too late.
3: Yeah, no, I, I almost didn't move in time. <laughs> I, I was like panicking, but I got out of the way. But that's, that's why I had to kind of like, Olay. Like I didn't. But yeah, anyway, so so that was something. But hopefully that's just something that they dealt with this week and you can get better. Because the thing to keep in mind is the Saints played ten uh, they played two games over the next 10 days. This is gonna be one of the more grueling stretches of their season, like right, from this point until week seven. Because you have the Texans on Sunday, and then you turn around and you play the Jaguars at home, at least, but it's still a quick turnaround. So, you know, if you're dealing with something right now getting through these next two games might be difficult. Uh, So that's going to be something to watch either way. Let's kind of move on to, you know, the offense as a whole, Uh, you know, I've, I've seen a few different takes on it in terms of, yay, this is, this is great. We got it. This was a relief. uh, That's what James Hurst said. And he used the word relief multiple times in terms of like, you know, you, the, uh, the players will say something, they'll say the same things. They'll say the right, the right words and they'll project confidence. But at the end of the day, you know that they know that they, that they had to be better. They can say all day long, we're close, we're close, we're close, and they did. But until you do it, until you show it, it's really hard to to, to believe it. Uh, and so I think more so than anything else, that's what I take out of this is, you know, this offense needed to prove to itself that it could put up a performance that was acceptable. Not, not perfect. They weren't perfect. Derek right. Carr didn't have 200 yards passing, but they committed to the run they generated first downs they scored in the red zone now the stats will say 3 of 4 it's 3 of 3 the last the last red zone trip was literally the final play of the game where they took a knee at the 20 at the Patriots 20 yard line so that doesn't count they were 3 of 3 in the red zone and if you can do that if you can be efficient in the red zone and score touchdowns with this defense you're going to win a lot of games and so that's to me the bigger part of it is you kept the defense off balance you moved the ball. You converted on third down, third and long even. Mike Thomas is healthy. He looks good. He's willing to take those hits. And, you know, it's just like that's the type of – that's a building block. Now, it wasn't perfect. There were some moments. They got they got off to a slow start. There were drops. But, you know, for Pete Carmichael, a guy who has taken, I would say – far more than his fair share of the criticism. There is a level of criticism that should be directed at Pete Carmichael for how this offense had performed over the first month of the season. He is getting a way more of it than is probably reasonable in terms of he can't go on the field and complete passes. Like he needs to be better, but so do the players on the field. And so I think just from a all-around perspective, and Dennis Allen said this is the most complete game he's seen this team play in a long time. That was true. On offense, defense, special teams, everyone got the job done. Now the penalties are a different story, but you know, I just think going forward, this team needed
2: something like this and they got. it. Amen to that. uh, Another huge positive to me was seeing the fact that Derek Carr, obviously probably still hurting, hurting in that AC sprain, but it didn't look like it affected him like it did in the game against Tampa Bay, where you could tell he was kind of laboring and struggling. I didn't see that at all this game. In fact, there was that one sack that he took he did hold on to the ball too long there too but you know he comes down on the shoulder and it it didn't make him wince or anything and cause him any you know discomfort the rest of the game so like i said it
0: was it was good to see him looks to be managing a lot better right now this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what
3: Yeah, I I don't think the the shoulder is going to be a conversation much more beyond this point. He might still be limited in practice this week, but the the shoulder was not a factor in that game. And uh, I don't expect it to be going forward. Um, One thing that was a factor in that game, we talked about this, and this was a big, you know, it's interesting is, you know, Alvin Kamara coming out of the game was talking about, you know, it's a collaborative effort, this game in particular. And, you know, he's out there talking to Joel Thomas, talking to Ronald Curry, the passing game coordinator, kind of giving Pete Carmichael a nudge saying like, we like this play in this situation. Let's run this. Um, Derek Carr said the same thing in terms of like, these are situations where, okay, you know, what play do you like? I like this one. Let's go with that. And, and that's, you know, it might catch some people off guard in terms of why is the, Offensive coordinator taking tips from from his players, but to me that's just a sign of a healthy offense. That's how every offense should operate. You should be running the plays that your players are confident in in certain situations. Like the offensive coordinator been, can be confident in a play and run it, but if the players don't feel like like what what is the players' preference in that situation? What do they feel the most comfortable running? And that should be part of it. And so that conversation should be allowed to happen. And this is what Alvin Kamara had to say
1: about that. I think uh, it, w- it was good to see Pete out there having fun. It was like he took a, a deep breath and just exhaled. Um, it was collaborative, though. You know, um, I think uh, anytime we 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 can go out there. I think you know, me and Derek were talking all game. I was going to Pete, kind of trying to nudge him to to you know run some 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 things that you know Mike likes or uh, that the O line likes. Some things that I saw that I like. Me talking to JT, talking to RC, just collaborating and, and you know doing what everybody's comfortable with doing. You know, what, talking to everybody, seeing what Trying to get in the minds of everybody on the O and get the ball spread out and and you know, trying to be efficient offense so we can operate. We got too many playmakers to be to to have a shitty offense. And I mean, I think today was a good example of what we could do when we when we're collaborating and, and hitting.
3: To me, that's just Alvin Kamara embracing a leadership role. Right. And I think that's something that we've seen from him and Mike over the last few weeks. These are guys that when they came into this team, they were the young bucks, obviously, and they were being led by Drew Brees, by Mark Ingram, by even a Ted Ginn, right? Like veterans who could take on that kind of vocal leadership role. Well, at a certain point, Alvin Kamara and Mike Thomas are those veterans. And this team needs them to be in that in that role. And so like Alvin has his own unique way of going about it, obviously. And he's a character and you're going to hear from him. And he's, he's always going to have some interesting quips and, and, and kind of loud ideas as to what this team should be doing. But that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. And so it's good to hear that Pete Carmichael is taking that and working with it. Now that becomes a double-edged sword. It's great when things are going well. What about when they're not going well and there is some disagreement over what should be happening? right? How did that conversation go when you're down five in the fourth quarter as opposed to when you're up 34? That's something to watch. But I think just in general, that's a good sign for this team.
2: Yeah, and at least the Patriots defense is a lot better off than their offensive unit right now that that it's defense I know they're they're down some people obviously there as well uh, missing you know some some key folks but seeing this team one being able to get that run game going was key and it wasn't anything that was overly explosive but at least I think you said too early they stuck with it and, and were determined to get those ground yards And yeah, you got to imagine how much that helped with the passing game. And we still, even though we had an offensive finally output in this matchup, uh, you know, getting into the end zone, three for three in the red zone, yippee, yippee kaye. we still haven't even, I think, even touched the surface. There's still so much more with the weapons involved that haven't been utilized.
3: Yeah, I mean, like you can look at 34 and be like, okay, 10 of those points were directly from the defense, (laughs) right? There was a turnover in the second half that they went negative six yards and kicked a field goal. Right. So it wasn't perfect. It was anything. It was not perfect, but uh, you don't need perfect. You just need positive. You need this team to be getting better. And so, and Derek Carr kind of talked about that. Here's here's what he had to say about Pete.
2: There was no different thought this week. There was no different feeling. Um, we we knew what uh, what we have in Pete, and we believe in him. And like I, you know, I never never lied to y'all. Like I, we we think the world of Pete. And so uh, I just know that. Uh, I've been in tough times and, you know, when you do ha- go out and have a good day, it, it's always a relief. No matter, you know, it's always like, all right, let's at least get, you know, seven days answering nice questions about, you know, some things, you know. And so, um, and, but that's this business and and he knows that. I know that playing quarterback, uh, head coaches always know that, right? They got to always answer questions. And so it, it is what it is, but our confidence never changed in Pete for sure.
3: Derek Carr does know a thing or two about bad starts the season. He started season 0-10. I think he had another one who was one and eight, he had another one where he was like two and seven. So like when, when Derek says like, you know I'm not overreacting to a couple bad games, you know, that's he, he has a frame of reference. Right um, hey, Two and
2: two and two, this ain't nothing, right. Th- three and
3: two. Right? And I mean, realistically speaking, I think if I'm Derek Carr I'm like if I didn't get hurt and knocked out of that Packers game, we're four and one. You know like, like and, I th- and I believe that because this game went very similarly to that Packers game. The Only difference is Derek was there in the second half and he was able to keep things kind of calmed down. And the, the the defense, obviously, you know, the Patriots never had a chance. You know, like the crowd cheered when Bailey Zappi came in. He's <laughs> he's he's nothing to write home about either. I mean, they're both bad, Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi. That team is in shambles, but either way, um, you know, to me, it, it's like, okay, you know, this was a step in the right direction and you saw pete incorporate more motion in the first half i think he had 14 snaps of motion in this game which doesn't sound like a lot but i think if you just kind of paired you cut the second half out and just looked at the first half when the offense mattered there was a lot more motion a lot more creativity and i haven't got a chance to go through the film yet but i will and but i i know just in watching it live you could tell they were doing a lot more things in the first half to keep the defense off balance in the second half you were just salting the clock away. You were up four scores by the start of the fourth quarter. Like, I mean, the the fans were already leaving by that point. Like it was just a matter of get out of here healthy. Don't do anything stupid. And so, like, but I think what you saw there is good. And, you know, James Hurst, I thought I had a good take on it. And uh, here it is talking about, yeah, we know it's in there. We know, you know, fix this, fix this, and so we, we can get big plays, but just, yeah. we have it happen. You know? Yeah, you need it um, because, you know, you can, you can think about it and you can uh, wish it and dream about it all you want, but until you do it on Sunday, it really doesn't matter. You know, doing training camp, doing in preseason, doing in practice, those are all great, um, but the only thing that actually matters is doing it on Sunday. So it, it was a huge confidence boost for us, and uh, it's something that we have to um, understand why we're able to do it, why we're able to be successful and, and um, imitate that week to week. To me, that's the the messaging now. It's not, y'all were great. Y'all were fantastic. No notes, right? It's self-scouting and being like, okay, why, why did things work? Why were things more successful? What did we do differently that worked in terms of preparation, in terms of game planning, in terms of practice, in terms of actually playing on the field? Because you were in a similar situation last year when you went and shut out Derek Carr and the Raiders in week eight, 24 to nothing. You know what you did the next week? You came out and you put up a dud on offense and lost 27-13 to the Ravens at home. What would you do the week after that? You went to Pittsburgh and you put up a dud on offense and lost 20-10. to You were tied 10-10 in halftime. You lost 20-10. to You did not score in the second half of that game. And so like to me, it's like, yeah, you, you, you can be thrilled about this game and you can feel like everything went in a positive way and you're building and you're building. But it can't be a flash in the pan. You have to be able to catch that lightning in a bottle in some way and build on it. You weren't able to do that last year. This year has to be different. They're going out to Houston. They're facing a rookie quarterback. You should be able to take advantage of him just like you were able to take advantage of Bryce Young and Mac Jones and these quarterbacks who are not up to snuff at this point. I think C.J. Stroud is playing well. But, I mean, they lost to the, the Falcons yesterday. Like, they're not they're not unbeatable, right? Like they have a good defense and you have to put it on them on the offensive side. And so, you know, to me, that's, that's the right messaging. It's like, okay, that was great. How did it work? Figure that out and, and keep doing
2: it. You know, it's wild with the Texans. CJ Stroud has now set the record for most passing attempts without throwing an interception to start an NFL career. So that's one thing you know, doing some early scouting on stuff, looking at uh, Texans information, they're actually plus five in the giveaway takeaway ratio. That's huge. Uh, and we we saw that be a factor in this game. Obviously, we knew the Pats were a minus five going into week fives matchup. They ended up minus eight now uh, for the season, which, yeah, Bill Belichick's skin has to be crawling about that. Yeah, when, when you turn the ball over, you just, I mean, especially a game like that when you
3: were, you know, they, they turned, the, they oh, threw a pick six. They didn't score in that game. They threw a pick six. They fumbled in their own territory and allowed points. So like they, they lost that game before they even had a chance to lose it. Right? Like before the Saints even got on the board, the Patriots offense gave up seven points, and that was it. It was over. Because the right. Patriots weren't getting to seven. You know, it's like what the Saints did at the end of the first half against the Bucs. It was like, this is gonna be a low scoring game. That's the only way you're gonna win it. And you spotted them
2: seven? No. Yeah, now we need to see, like you're saying there, that consistency of excellence has to continue. There can't be a drop-off. Okay, great, we did it in one game against this struggling Patriots squad. Yeah, you got to turn around and do that, go on the road again against a a really tough Houston Texans team. And uh, I I don't think we maybe expected them to be as competitive as they are right now, but you can tell they're definitely playing hard for D'Amico Ryans over there, which is impressive.
3: Yeah, no, and there's pride there, right? Yeah. They're not rolling over. Um, like the Patriots did, right? The Patriots rolled over.
2: Right. I even like, you, uh, another team I, I think surprisingly this year, Arizona Cardinals, another one that are surprisingly a tough out.
3: Yeah, I think they're playing hard for a first year head coach and their yeah. belief there. And even though I don't think they have the talent they need right now, but again, like they're not gonna roll over. They're gonna force you to go there and win. Not like the Patriots did. Like the Patriots <laughs> by the end of the by the end of the second quarter, that game was over. They were they were like, just run the clock, get us out of here. The fans were saying the same thing. And so, yeah, that, that that there's always a difference. But I do think that the Saints should go out there and win that game. And it's an important game because you're going to have a really hard time turning around and beating the Jags on Thursday. So um, the Jags who just beat the Bills. Although, you know, maybe you're get, catching a slight break because they might still be jet-lagged by that game. <laughs> I don't know. Because they've been out in London for two whole weeks. It's going to take a little while for them to adjust. But either way, I, I, I I'm just very happy that we were able to talk about a win. And you know, Wake, like Any the next time you want to sit there and complain about the Saints' offense, just remember the Patriots exist.
2: For true, I mean, yeah, you're like, wow, things aren't at least that bad. <laughs> yeah, it can, <laughs> it can be worse,
3: and the Saints don't i mean like you can argue like the saints have dennis allen and it's like if this was sean payton we'd be having these same conversations so i don't know it's it's a whole thing but let's wrap that segment up we're gonna come back we're gonna look at some stock up players you know we talked about a handful of them already but we'll we'll get into it i want to hear fight got an exclusive interview with kendra miller um we'll, we'll listen to that and then we'll dive into you know what went right what went wrong all that sort of thing saints three and two this is inside black and gold i'm jeff nowak he's steve geller stick around